Shalom, everyone. I'm Monty Judah with Line of Land Ministries. Welcome to another edition of Messianic World Update. Today's date is Friday, September the 22nd of the year 2023. I'm out at the camp now and with the team getting ready for the fall holidays. We're going to be enjoying Yom Kippur out here and also the Feast of Tabernacles. We have brethren that come from all over the United States and even other nations to join us here. The team are setting up the main assembly tents, the dining tent facilities, the children's areas. It's a full family camp. And if you weren't planning on coming this year to Tabernacles, maybe you could plan next year. You want to come out and enjoy the incredible enjoyment of being at the Feast of Tabernacles, the season of joy, as the scripture said, the commandment to rejoice before the Lord. And we all have a ball when we come out here to do it and we enjoy the Lord. So this is our setting that I'm going to come to you and share with you the news of this week. And of course, the big news this week is the UN General Assembly has had world leaders coming out to it all week long. President Biden has gone there. Benjamin Netanyahu has gone there. Iranian leader has gone there. The Palestinian leader, Mahmoud Abbas, has gone there. And each leader of the nations are given an opportunity to speak to the General Assembly. And we always pay close attention to these speeches because it represents what are the priorities for each of those nations as they come to the UN General Assembly. You'll be happy to know that our president came up and, of course, made the appeal for the climate change here. And, of course, it fell on completely deaf ears of all the other nations. They could care less. Uh, Climate change has turned into a religion in some of the Western nations. The rest of the world doesn't believe it. Prime Minister Netanyahu came, and he spoke on several issues, particularly dealing with Iran and what's going on with them and the concern that they have over that. The Palestinian problem, he addressed that subject as well. Interestingly enough, he did not mention the internal conflict about the judicial overhaul that's taking place now in Israel, and that reasonableness law is now coming before the Supreme Court for consideration where they could potentially void it, which would cause a constitutional crisis. At the moment, there's a lot of preliminary activity going on. They've not actually begun the debate, and they've not actually rendered a decision yet with regard to it. But this last week, we're now hearing other voices that we hadn't heard before in Israel that have presented the rationale for the first time for there to be a true compromise on this. And it has to do with this reasonableness law in which that the Supreme Court cannot overrule the executive branch or the legislative branch of the government just because they don't think it's reasonable, which is very arbitrary on their part. Uh, They're forcing the Supreme Court that they have to come up with a basis of rationale in which it has got to be based on basic law or whatever is close to constitutional law. Now, the argument that's been made, and this is really making a lot of sense all of a sudden, is that if the Supreme Court overrules this reasonableness law, essentially they're saying to the general citizenry of this democracy that their vote does not count. Now, when you say your vote doesn't count, then you definitely are no longer in a democracy. And now the tables have been turned, whereas the liberals have always been accusing the coalition government of being anti-democracy. 
the very action of nullifying this law is probably the most undemocratic thing they could do. And the reason I point that out is because I think that's starting to resonate a little bit in the decision that will be happening. If they can get the reasonableness law through, now they can begin to work on how do you select judges, and that's the next issue to come up with constraints on the judicial overhaul that's going on. As you know, there's been great hyperbole. The liberal elements have gone kind of ballistic over this whole thing. And as I shared with you last week, it seemed like we were up to the moment of just sheer chaos in Israel. There is a, a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel that maybe this thing might be able to be pulled off and we can get past this internal crisis in Israel. So let's talk a little bit about what transpired here this week because some very significant things did take place. And one of them is kind of shaking the world. And that is that Ben Salman, who's the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, held an interview, interestingly enough, with one of the Fox News anchors. And in the course of the interview, presented himself, he spoke in English. And all of a sudden, I think for the first time, the rest of the English-speaking world got a, a chance to see who this man is and to listen to the tone of his voice as to how he gave answers to various questions. Two very significant things came out of that interview. Number one, when he was asked directly about is there a possibility of a normalization between Saudi Arabia and Israel, and he first was being questioned, so I understand that's all off, that's not going forward, it's dead in the water, and he immediately responded and said, oh no, that's not true. He said, we are moving toward normalization with Israel for the first time, put a very positive stance on that. And that, that was even to the surprise of Netanyahu, and I think to the surprise of the United States and other nations. He began to speak, and then, now he repeated something he's always said, and that is, well, we need the, the Palestinian problem solved. We need to have that solved for us to be able to really pull this off. The Palestinians have always leveraged Saudi Arabia against Israel over this issue, but here, for the first time, the crown prince is now speaking in positive terms of normalizing with Israel. And by the way, the follow-up reports on it, we're talking about early 2024. We're talking about in less than six months. Let me just go ahead and just tell you that if there is normalization between Saudi Arabia and Israel in the Middle East, we completely change the whole pallor of how the Middle East is going to be viewed by the rest of the world. They would open up an economic corridor between Saudi Arabia and Israel, extending all the way to India. All of the Middle East would be impacted and affected by this. It would literally take the steam out of what we call Middle East conflict. In other words, all of a sudden now everything is trending toward cooperation and coordination and economic stability for the region and so forth. When Saudi, the richest nation that's there, makes this transition, all the other Middle Eastern nations are going to fall in line. Now, as you can imagine, Iran is not going to fall in line, and this is going to set up a strategic defense block in which you'll have Israel, Saudi Arabia, and other nations standing against Iran and what they've been doing. 
and that will put additional pressure on Iran, even more so than the U.S. alone and what we've been doing in the past. Obviously, Iran is opposed to it. And when the crown prince was asked specifically about Iran and about their nuclear weapons program, that's when he made his other shocking statement, which was basically that if Iran gets nuclear weapons, Saudi Arabia is going to have to get nuclear weapons. Well, that on the negative side, that opens up a whole regional arms conflict of unbelievable proportions. Nobody wants that. And Saudi Arabia certainly has the means to do that should Iran continue to pursue. Israel again is warning Iran about their enrichment program that if they go past that 60% level, they will take action against them. Now, I've been here for years before talking about how Israel has tried to draw a dread line and try to stop Iran and so forth. There is no question in this world that Iran is on a nuclear weapons program. Any statement on their part trying to say that there is not a nuclear weapons program is you're just you're believing in nonsense. They clearly are for it, and they're trying to maneuver and find a way to do it. So in any case, when Mahmoud Abbas got up to speak to the UN, he said, of course, there's going to be no peace in the Middle East and unless there's a Palestinian state. We expected him to say that. The problem is that fell on deaf ears as well. Here's the reason why. There is no Palestinian leadership. There's no leaders within that group of people other than a boss, and everybody realizes he is, he's impotent. He has no ability to lead anything. The Palestinian people are turning into different violent factions, terrorist activities going on. There's no, you know, the, the actual Palestinians, the individual citizens would just love to have Israel just take over everything and clean everything up. And the Palestinians do not have the chemistry, the makeup, the leadership to be able to put together a state. And the rest of the world is finally figuring this out. This was never a doable project. It was always just a discussion to divide the land of Israel. And as you know, that's a very famous prophecy about the dividing the land of Israel. It's part of the reason why God says there's going to be a day of the Lord uh, that comes at the end of the age. Let me shift gears now for a moment. Let me make a last comment about some of the most recent domestic news that we've heard here in the United States that is matching the news that we hear in other nations as well as in the land of Israel itself. And that is, we're having people completely have lost all moral fiber within the general population of our country. In this last week, we had a car pull up beside an L.A. County sheriff and assassinate him sitting in his cruiser. We had a couple of kids driving a car in Las Vegas, 64-year-old man on his bicycle riding along the edge of the street, open street, and they filmed it, and they purposely and intentionally ran him down and killed him. And then we got an 80-year-old man gets out of his car with his wife walking across the street up to his house, and a guy on a bicycle rides by him, turns around, comes back, and shoots this 80-year-old man in the head. And all of this is on video. We see these events taking place, and it's shocking to see what's happening within our country. What is happening that is causing people to behave in such an incredible way. Well, I could go into a whole tirade with you about how law and order has been going down the tubes and we've lost all sense of our relationship with God, 
and we're turning into debauchery and sin is wanton throughout our land. Let me, the only reason I brought that up is there is a particular dynamic that has to do with the story of when God decided to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt. Now, they were down there for many generations, and it came up to the attention of the Lord that the children of Israel were crying out to the Lord that they needed to be delivered, that their taskmasters were oppressing them. And this whole business of, it seems like God waited all this time until the children of Israel began to cry out to him. I think as we come to the end of the age, one of the dynamics that we're going to be facing is that you and I, who believe in the God of Israel, are looking for deliverance here at the end of the ages. There's got to come a point when we are so sick of being in Egypt. We're so sick of being part of these trials and tribulations that we'll cry out to the Lord and we'll beg the Lord to deliver us from the world that we're living in. And I now see that world taking shape before us. I mean, it's, it stretches my soul when I can see the video of someone just who's innocent as can be and is slaughtered in our own country, in our own land, where we've grown up and where we love this country and we love the people and our fellow citizens and that we're living in the midst of some of those kinds of people. It's horrible. It's terrible. But it's the world that we're now in. And I pray soon that the Lord will be coming back and bring an end to this mess. In the meantime, we're going to enjoy his Moedim, his appointed times. We're going to continue to remember who our God is and why we believe in him and look forward to his promises of deliverance into the future. I leave you with that for this Sabbath. Shabbat Shalom. Mm-hmm.